so much confusion and consternation and questions still about wearing masks. So let's cut through the clutter and get you some answers as we talk with Shara Bateman, Lead Infection Prevention Specialist at Marin Health. This is the Healing Podcast from Marin Health. I'm Bill Klaproth. Shara, thank you so much for your time. It is great to talk with you. So there has been a lot of press about what you can do to protect yourself from getting COVID-19. And mask wearing has been a confusing topic in the news. So what is the position from healthcare workers and experts about wearing masks? In general, masks are needed for those who are symptomatic. So in the past, pre-COVID, we would put a mask on patients who were on droplet precautions or airborne isolation precautions. And this is to protect everyone else from their droplets. And then as a healthcare worker, if you're going into that patient's room, you would need to wear the correct PPE to protect yourself from their droplets. And because in their room, they're not going to be wearing a mask. So the correct PPE would be either a mask with face shield or an N95. But COVID is a little bit different. We already know how flu is spread. We know how tuberculosis is spread, RSV, parainfluenza, et cetera. But since COVID is a novel virus and we don't know everything yet about asymptomatic spread, for example, universal masking is a way to help contain the spread and provide some level of protection as we learn more about the disease and who is primarily spreading it. So just so everyone knows, whenever a novel virus is identified, all three types of isolation precautions are used at first. So that's contact, droplet, and airborne until more science is known about how it spreads. So that kind of speaks to why the universal masking started. So let me ask you this. What do healthcare workers wear when treating COVID positive patients? Yeah, so that's a great question. So COVID positive patients are on droplet and contact precautions. And then if they are also receiving an aerosol generating procedure, such as high flow oxygen or they're intubated, they will also be on airborne precautions. So for droplet precautions, basically what that is, that requires a mask with a face shield. So you're covering your nose, your mouth, and your eyes, all your mucous membranes. Contact precautions require a gown and gloves, and airborne precautions require an N95 respirator or a PAPR, which is a positive airway pressure respirator or a capper. Call it PAPR capper. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So of these personal protective equipment or PPE as they're known, which one is most important and why? So that's a great question. Really all are important, but I would say that anything that prevents the spread of droplets is going to be the most important piece of PPE for any respiratory virus such as COVID-19. So that's going to be the mask with face shield or the N95 respirator with eye protection if the patient's on airborne precautions. So anything that's going to protect your nose, your mouth, and your eyes from that COVID-positive patient is going to be really the most important thing to wear in that room. So when I wear a mask, Am I protecting me or those around me or both? So in general, you're protecting those around you from your droplets, right? When you're wearing the mask, if you cough or sneeze, you have the mask on and the droplets are contained in your mask. And so those droplets are not able to go to another person. However, when everyone is wearing a mask with this universal masking that we're seeing in the community, we're all protecting each other. Because if one person doesn't have a mask on and one person does, if the person without the mask 
coughs or sneezes, again, that can go into someone's eyes. And this is, again, in the community at the grocery store or you're at someone's house, et cetera. In general, you are protecting those around you from your droplets when you wear the mask. However, when everyone wears a mask, we all protect each other. And that's the best thing when we're all wearing masks. Is COVID-19 an airborne virus? We hear about droplets, but then we hear airborne. So is it an airborne virus? And what does that mean? So that's another great question. So COVID-19 can become airborne if a COVID-positive patient is on an aerosol-generating procedure. So again, that's such as high-flow oxygen or if they're intubated. But I also want to mention, so the World Health Organization on July 9th came out with a statement regarding airborne transmission for COVID-19 and basically stated that a number of respiratory droplets generate microscopic aerosols by evaporating. Normal breathing and talking results in exhaled aerosols, but there has to be sufficient quantity of the virus to infect a susceptible person. So that's key. There have been studies done in healthcare facilities to measure the quantity of the virus in the air. Unfortunately, none of those studies found viable virus to infect another person. This is why we can't say COVID-19 is airborne as one blanket statement, but we can say it, it can be airborne if a patient is undergoing an aerosol generating procedure. So that is good news at this point until we learn more. Yes. So another question, that draws a lot of confusion. When should we wear masks? Yeah, so that's a good question. I think it is really confusing. I myself see people wearing masks when they don't necessarily need to, and then you see people that are not wearing a mask when they do need to. It's confusing. So you want to wear a mask if you're in any indoor public space. When you're waiting in line, of course, you're going to be near other people. When receiving health care, when going to the doctor or going to the emergency room or a quick care clinic, on public transportation or when ride sharing. When you're at work, when you're near others or moving through common areas. And then the only time you need to wear a mask outdoors, and this is where I tend to see people wearing it when they don't necessarily need to. So you need to wear it outdoors if you cannot stay six feet away from others. So if you're on a run, for example, and there's no one around you, you do not need to wear a mask. And actually, it's not the safest thing to do when you are breathing so heavy is to wear a mask. If you are on a short walk with you know, a friend, obviously you would want to wear the mask because if you don't live with that person, you want to make sure you maintain the six foot social distancing, and you want to wear your mask. If you're on a walk with your family that you live with, you do not have to wear a mask. So I think there's a lot of confusion about that. You don't have to wear a mask when you're driving in your car. I've seen that one as well. I think that the concern about this disease being airborne has scared people to want to wear a mask at all times. But I just want to make sure everyone has the right information and the right science. Yeah, that's really good guidance. And I too have seen people alone in a car wearing a mask. So let's talk about age groups. Should old and young wear masks? What about kids? Yeah, so everyone should wear a mask with the exception of these groups. Children under two years of age do not need to wear a mask. They are way too young and there's a risk of suffocation. So definitely two years and under should not be wearing a mask. Anyone with respiratory issues where it would impede their breathing do not need to wear a mask. Anyone unable to remove the mask without help 
people who have intellectual or developmental disabilities, mental health conditions, other sensory sensitivities where wearing the mask may cause challenges. Persons who are obtaining a service involving the nose or face where they would have to remove that face covering to receive the service. Also, people who are deaf or hard hearing are those who care for and interact with those people. So if they need to rely on lip reading to communicate. So everyone outside of those groups needs to wear a mask. So then what if you have a problem with claustrophobia or don't like things around your face or have asthma or other breathing issues? What then? So anyone with respiratory issues where it would impede their breathing are exempt from wearing the mask. That kind of applies if they have asthma or maybe they have COPD or emphysema, other kinds of breathing issues. Claustrophobia, that would have to be something you'd maybe have to talk about with your doctor to see if you can have an exemption for that. Don't like things around your face. That's one of those things that I think most of us don't like things around our face. But if you don't meet the above, you still would have to wear the mask. And then let's talk about masks themselves. So I have seen some masks that have like a slot to slide a filter in. Is there a need for a filter? And then I've seen these other masks that have this like exhalation valve where the breath is just able to come out. And I'm thinking that is defeating the purpose of the mask. So can you clear those questions up? So there's no need for a filter. So, you know, just a basic cloth mask and in the community will do the trick. You don't have to have a filter. A filter doesn't hurt necessarily, but it's not something that you need. And in terms of the mask with exhalation valve, so I have seen that as well. I've also seen N95 respirators with the exhalation valve. So basically what those are for is protecting you from other people, right? But it's not protecting other people from you exhaling. So you're still able to exhale. It goes out of the exhalation valve and those droplets can still possibly infect another person. So definitely don't want to wear that. You want to wear just a basic cloth mask when you're out in the community. And though, of course, those of us that work in hospitals, we wear a surgical mask. So there's a little bit of a difference there. But in the community, the cloth mask, the six foot social distancing, that's going to do the trick and can help protect you. Really great guidance and advice. Shara, this has really been helpful and informative. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. I appreciate having the opportunity to talk to you. That's Shara Bateman. And to learn more, please visit mymarinhealth.org. And if you found this podcast helpful, please share it on your social channels and check out the full podcast library for topics of interest to you. This is The Healing Podcast brought to you by Marin Health. I'm Bill Klaproth. Thanks for listening.